Wake up, buyer payer people. It's a beautiful day. Go grab yourself another cup of joe and say hello to Jim and Michelle Rhodes on the Buy Here, Pay Here morning show. Take it away, you two. Good morning, everybody. Hey, we're uh, we're split screen today. <laughs> well, it's because we're in two different states. Oh, is that it? Yeah, that's it. Uh, so welcome, happy Monday, y'all. It's yeah, welcome to Monday. Um, I am uh, in broadcasting from Sedona. My best friend lives out here, and so enjoying a little bit of uh, Sedona Red Rocks and flamingo music. And Jim headed home. He, you know, he looks sad. I'm yeah, I'm so sad. I mean, <laughs> screen. Um, yeah, but yeah, I'm broadcasting from uh, World Headquarters in uh, Ogden, Utah. So yeah, yeah. very good. good. So I hope everybody had a great weekend. Um, I've you know been watching stuff that's been happening on Facebook. There's been a couple of pretty interesting conversations, and um, yeah. there we have. And so there's a few things that are uh, potentially brewing for topics coming up over the next mm -hmm. uh, few episodes. Yeah. Um, just a special thank you to Jack Carter um for joining us last friday we uh um the the power cord on our laptop had disengaged and our laptop went dead so and luckily it was like at the very 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 end sure. and so we already kind of said goodbye so mm -hmm. um so those of you guys who stuck until until then um thanks for your patience i'm glad we were able to wrap up you didn't get any of the exit music sorry yeah and uh uh, shameless plug for Anna Maria back at Digital Attention Online. She turned around the editing on that video. So it's now out there on YouTube. I replaced it on YouTube. I can put it on the other uh, channels as well. But the, the edited version is over there and available now. So, uh, yeah, poor Jack was sitting there like, where'd they go? <laughs> <laughs> they froze. What, 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 I don't know. <laughs> not on purpose yeah but shout so. out to him and uh, last week was a good week we we traveled we oh, it's it nice week. to be back in studio today but yeah it was uh it was a good week on the road and uh lots of uh lots of great meetings we enjoyed our presentation in arizona uh that's out there available also on youtube if uh, yeah where we talked a lot about being known liked and trusted with a heavy emphasis yeah. on trust in the used car yeah. industry it was a good topic. I, and it's, it's one that I've, I've taken and carried into other conversations. It's just because yeah. I asked the question, you know, can you trust someone that you know nothing, trust someone with your money yeah. that you don't know? Or and otherwise trust. Yeah. It's yeah. interesting. I think the, the, it was interesting, the polls that we did before, like this mm -hmm. whole thing about, can you trust somebody without liking them? Like that's one that I look forward to continue to, to work through, but, um, you know, with, with our audiences as we speak and talk to people, but yeah, I'm, I'm, um, I'm learning that I may have to open my mind to new ideas. So around that and, and understand that some people can trust without you know, liking. liking the person. Yeah. But yeah. it does. I, I guess a deeper question into that is if you trust them, you don't like them when you, when you have the opportunity to do business again in that uh, world, would you step in again with the yeah. same person? Or maybe um, just a referral. You have two people that yeah. you trust, one person you like, the other you don't. Which yeah. one are you more, is more likely to get that? I, yeah, it's a, those, those are great questions to ask. 
yeah, it's just a, it's an interesting thing to uh, work through. But yeah, for today, it was more about just talking through numbers. And by the way, I've got a bunch of fun stuff. You mentioned all the, the dialogue on social lately, and there is a ton of that. And then there's also, um, you know, just some things that have come about that kind of provide new uh, things for us to talk about. And that's always happening. I mean, there's just always yeah. fresh stuff, you know, out there on the, the interweb, as I like to call it. So yeah <laughs> or the google which yeah, is the google. The oracle google. yeah, yeah. <laughs> i'm uh yeah. anyway just okay. so today mm-hmm. um i i uh um i saw your uh, you know i read about it like everybody else did what the topic was because it's like jim i'm out of pocket except yeah. i'll be there on monday so um tell me about the topic what was it that made you think about doing this um well it's really a couple different things um there's there's a whole kind of parallel topic here and we'll probably save this bigger subject for another day but it's this idea that you know when you sometimes we make a mistake and we all make mistakes and so, certainly in business uh you know we can make the mistake of one of the more recent conversations i had with a client was around this subject of you know sometimes we make a mistake when we buy a car and then we compound the mistake, which is, that's the part that I feel like is more avoidable. Like, of course, we're going to make mistakes in buying cars. I mean, used cars are just used cars. It's the nature of it. You're going to mm-hmm. miss some and you're going you're gonna to have some that you overspend. And so that's kind of what set this conversation in motion. And then it's, you know, also kind of follow on to the conversation we had during the live stream back on the first with Brent Carmichael and this mm-hmm. thing about down payment, what it really means in our business, mm-hmm. the idea that most lenders, including buy here, pay your dealers, are still um, leaning heavily on ability, the customer's ability to pay. And so that's uh, that's part of what I wanted to illustrate. Well, I and I just give you my thoughts. Ability yeah. is, um, I, I know that in the industry we have, certain things that we know because there's been a lot of numbers and there's been a lot of, of data about, um, you know, it's a good idea that someone make at least as much cause you're talking PTI and all of that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But there's, there's also different parts of ability to pay that I think are subjective. Okay. Um, and, and it's, you know, uh, that potentially are, uh, um, they're not, backed up with data, but they're backed up with ideas about people, ideas about zip codes, right? ideas about, I mean, there's just, there's a lot of different things that I've, I've witnessed. And it's like, you know, we keep telling our, our, our clients that, um, you know, we'll, we'll do a discovery call and they're like, you don't understand our, our customers different. And it's like, "Mm." yeah. You know, are they? Um, and I'll so, I'll, yeah. I know the answer. They're not. They're not. <laughs> and so, I mean, yeah. Um, when it all comes down to it with the math, they're not. And um, so it just, you know, some when you hear some people say, I won't do this area, I won't do someone fit, that fits this profile, which you would never write down and you would never verbalize to anyone on your team because that is a compliance issue. Yeah. Um, uh, about certain things. So it's, it's just, yeah, I think that, uh, the ability 
um, if we if we go based on numbers, the ability is is that's going to show you something that's more truthful than yeah. Than gut. And I think um, ability would suggest, and we'll get into it when we show the spreadsheet. But I think the ability would mean really the customer's income and the ability to make a mm -hmm. payment, whatever that okay. payment looks like, whatever that ratio looks like. But I also think that, you know, in in our industry, I, I'd be interested to know the percentage. I don't think anybody's got it, but like just anecdotally, I'd like to hear from dealers, like what percentage of the customers that you think finance with you are still on the same job in three years? A lot of our dealers have notes running longer than 36 months now, but are they still on the same job? So, uh, well, you can't, you can't say that unless a dealer's measuring that. And, yeah, and, and there's a lot of dealers out there that don't, they don't ask the question. You know, we talked to Maggie and Maggie's like, are you still here? Are you unemployment? And there's a lot of dealers that just don't. So the only information they have about employment is what they collected when they. Yeah. When and they not everybody's uh, putting in income in the DMS. So you can't really True. go back and study. That's one of the things that we ran into in preparing for that uh, event on August 1st was you can't, you can't really study PTI much because most DMS systems aren't capturing income, at mm -hmm. least not in a really dependable way. And while they may have a field for it, that doesn't mean that the people always put it in because it's probably not mm -hmm. required to contract the deal. So my point is you just don't mm -hmm. always have enough income information, but we do know we have enough history over the years to know that, you know, the, the experts in the industry that were around long before I came into it are basically say that, you know, your, your PTI ratio is, is something to lean on pretty heavily. So that's, that's just one piece. So the interesting thing about doing a, a four square as I've loaded up here today is that mm -hmm. it helps to kind of break down those individual pieces and see the impact of them, you know, on a single screen. So that's, um, that's kind of the idea. Shall we jump into the spreadsheet? Yeah. Do you want me to put it up or are you going to put it up? Please. Yeah. If you want to get it, okay. I'll, uh, I've got it um, ready to show. And I think what um, this is just at the end of the day, it's just a calculation tool. And um you know, for those not familiar with a four square, you know, there's some variations on this, but generally speaking in our industry, I think this is what you'd be looking at. And I've got numbers loaded on there that I was just toying around with, uh, you know, to uh, just test and look at the impact of some of these things. So, um, so backing up to, you know, four squares terminology has been around for a hundred years. It's, it's basically this idea. It used to be done on paper and just a quick shout out to, uh, some of the folks I used to work with, um, you know, Randall Hill, uh, if somebody knows him, give uh, tap Randall Hill. He's probably not on Facebook, but mm -hmm. Randall Hill I used to work with as a, when I was a salesperson, sales manager, he was general manager and did a lot of desking deals. And mm -hmm. I watched him and learned a lot from him. Maury Richardson in Oklahoma City also watched them desking deals. And and I can still see, you know, Maury running around with a big green Sharpie right now at these, these four squares. <laughs> the four is basically going to have these components. It's going to have you know, that uh, selling price that it shows up there, then the down payment. So again, you can see how a salesperson would sit with somebody and write this stuff out and negotiate with a customer. Here's the price of the car that we've chosen. Here's the down payment that, you know, if you're financing, and then here's the payment we're looking for. In this case, I chose to have that resulting term, the length of contract shown in gray there, because that's sort of my own code for that's a formula. We don't change that. We change these numbers in yellow and the, the resulting term there comes out this way. So this is, uh, and let me just change some numbers because I think what's more representative of maybe mm -hmm. the typical buyer. Yeah, I was going to say that's a pretty, that's a pretty, uh, um, and I, I, honey, I love it when you do the, 
um, spreadsheets and have all the formulas and can start playing with the different numbers and I'm just watching. I do. It's, so you're it's, more nerdy it's than a, I, it. <laughs> No, I'm the wife of a nerd. I guess. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. um, when you had that 89, um, I was like, that's kind of low for what it is that a lot of and, our dealers do. But yeah. Yeah. So let's back up and just kind of, we've talked about some of this in the past. Let's kind of string it all together. Obviously with, mm-hmm. uh, with COVID and, and some other factors, car costs jumped up mm-hmm. sharply. A lot of dealers mm-hmm. wanted to maintain a certain amount of gross profit. So mm-hmm. they marked up their cars that same amount to maintain a certain dollar amount of gross, which meant that car prices jumped up too. Well, now we have to start kind of, you know, tweaking the, the financing terms because we've got to make it all fit. And um, so I think what, what we start to look at is the actual, you know, math behind the scenes on some of this. And this is just straightforward math. In fact, I hit a lot of this just to, um, you know, not make it so messy, but um, let me just kind of quickly show the viewers what's kind of happening behind the scenes these are other inputs you can put in the sales tax doc fee i did i did leave out for now um in fact i'll just raise this up so to allow for it i did leave out sort of tax title and license but it doesn't matter where it is it's just as long as you kind of get it in mm-hmm. the financing. but if a typical dealer has a 200 dollars doc fee and another 200 in um tag and title related like tra- transfer fees etc then that could go in there I use 24% interest to start here and I've got a number down here for the customer's net income. I'll just leave those open so that that can be seen. Yeah, I think that's a good idea because I think it would also be interesting to show um, when you throw in a different income, what happens. Yeah. So a couple other quick things. There's some other calculations over here. I have to move over to show that the sales tax calculated and then the amount financed um, with the add-ons put in there. So Mm -hmm. this one I'll show you in a minute. This is that payment to income ratio. Mm-hmm. So, but before we get into that, let me kind of get back over here to, here's our selling price. We're not going to change that. Our down payment from the customer is what it is. Obviously we're going to negotiate for as much as we possibly can. And yes, if you had a trade, mm-hmm. the net trade would go in here, just lump it in there. The math is all going to turn out the same. Just use the net trade figure after allowing for any payoff. Mm-hmm. And then now we've got a desired payment. And this is the part, Michelle, where it gets tricky with dealers because I see uh, dealers, this part we've talked about some in the past is like, I see dealers trying to fit a contract to a certain term. And I'm not mm-hmm. sure where that comes from there. You know, I think if, if any dealers are listening and they have that as practice, I would ask, you know, where's that come from? Why are you choosing to try to fit all your contracts into a specific term? Uh, because mm-hmm. I think that's part of where we get off track with this is if we're if we're trying to make it fit a term, then the the results can be if I'm a salesperson, I can say, well, we have to try to keep contracts around 36 months. So the car price of the car you've chosen, your payment is now $675 a month. Well, the customer, what we have to first understand about the customer is that the customer's in a tough spot. And if mm-hmm. you're saying to the customer, I'll approve you on this fifteen thousand dollar car with fifteen hundred dollars down today, and your payment will be X. What they hear is, I'm approved and I can get the car today with 1500 down. Great. I'll figure out the rest. Yeah, later. yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's what it is for a lot of the customers that we uh-huh. work with. So they're in a uh-huh. tough spot. We have to remember that. So if I slide a contract out in front of them and say, good, good news, you're approved, 
you know, I, I can do this deal for payment of six seventy five. <clears throat> they may have a lump in their throat, but they can still sign the contract with a lump in their throat and they'll figure out how to come up with the money later. So mm-hmm. this is the part that I think we have to be watchful about. And this is why I say a couple of things I really want to focus on here. Let's kind of keep the selling price at for the purpose of our conversation. Let's keep the selling price where it is. And we can we can uh, kind of mess around with the down payment over here and we can toy around with the the payment. But, you know, I think that $1,500 down is pretty typical. I, I want to have a whole conversation around down payment. First, I want to talk about the payment amount and look at what that means for us in term. So we, the thing I added to this just for a kind of a quick, um, quick glance situation is if you take that payment and you multiply it times five, mm-hmm. that number is $2,250. So the reason that's important is because Virtually all the experts that I've worked with in the industry kind of agree around a payment to income ratio of 20%. And that's what that is. Yeah. So what you want to see, what this tells me, if I set that payment at $450 a month, that means my customer's take-home pay needs to be around $2,250 for this to reach that 20% ratio. Okay. So that's, that's why that's there. I threw that on there just to say, you know, let's, let's have a quick look at that before we start pushing this, this uh, payment up, if we're going to target 20% and 20% is just one reference. You can do more than that. It's just a quick reference to say, this is where you need to be income wise to support mm-hmm. that kind of payment. Okay. Now that can be the entire family. It might be a, you know, husband, wife, co-buyer, whatever. It could be, you know, multiple buyers, but this is the income that we need to be able to show in order to reach a 20% ratio. So I think this, you know, this is why I kind of like the idea of just playing in these squares because there are certain things that we're, that aren't going to change. We're, you, go ahead. Do you um, like, is this something, this is something that is forward facing for our customers. Um, and I, I, I do have to ha- shout out to, and I haven't learned how to use it yet. Um, uh, Neo now has a Foursquare in their program, and I'm yeah. not exactly sure how that how it works yet because mm-hmm. um, I haven't been trained on it. But um, I obviously there were enough dealers mm-hmm. that were requesting something like that, which is why they created it. But um, you know, there are a lot of people who are visual learners mm-hmm. and, and um, this I think is really great to put in front of a customer, even the entire thing. And it's just like, so here's what it is that we're trying to do. Cause we know that, you know, we, we need to be able to keep it to here and keep it to here and keep it to here. And I think personally, this is a great tool to say the car that you want is outside of your range. But let's say if we did this car instead, now everything works. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So a uh, thank you. I'm glad you think it's a, a useful tool. I, I agree that it would be. And mm-hmm. this is the kind of nerd that I am instead of going, you know, some people go garage sailing on Sunday. Or- <laughs> <laughs> I built it yesterday. So uh-huh. yeah, you mowed the lawn yeah. and built a tool. Yeah, I didn't, yeah. yeah. I didn't do this until the yard was mowed. Yeah. That's, that's for sure. But uh-huh. no, I got, uh, I, so I think what we're working with is some things that are locked down Mm-hmm. And I think this is why it's important for us to really think about. And we really focus on these these fields in yellow. And mm-hmm. then we have to have a big question mark around that lower right hand box, which is our term. Yeah. Well, and and I would like to point another thing out, if I may. Um, and you know how we say uh, our customers are they're the same across the board. And most customers or 
pretty much so yeah most of our, our most of our customers um can be comfortable and uh, with a payment that's 450 500 most. Yeah, yeah at most, most. but i um, think that's hardware yeah. by the way when you saw the 89.95 on the screen I, I was just kind of um toying with the math to figure out how affordable would a car have to be for me to be able to get to that 350 a month payment that everybody seems to want. It used to be 250 and then, you know, now mm -hmm. it's coming and asking for 350. And in reality is you're right. Well, this is why we can show them, but they're still a variable. I would just simply say, I haven't seen Neo's Foursquare in action. I don't know how. I haven't but, either yet. So but I think one of the things on that I do. So I think, a, you know, customer facing thing, there's not anything that we're working with here that we couldn't turn the screen around mm -hmm. or show a second screen, and have the customer watch what we're doing, because this is, this is not anything related to cost. This is just about the terms of financing. And so it's just being able to show the customer on the screen, here's how it would work. Now, and some of the other tools that I've created, and I'll eventually get this one to the place where it does something similar is a dealer could put in their preferences on contract length. And so what would happen is, for example, on some of the others I built, when this contract, let's say the dealer has a target term of 48 months max. Well, then this might say that might turn red when that number's above a certain mm -hmm. uh, range. So the customer can see, and you know, unfortunately that looks like that particular, so what can I do? Let's say this is red because I'm over 48 months. Well, the ways to solve that uh, there is in these boxes, these three boxes. That's the only way I can mm -hmm. shorten that term. I'm not going to change the interest rate. I'm not going to change the customer's income, right? Mm -hmm. That basically means yeah. sales tax is not going to change. I'm not going to be able to negotiate with the state to get a better sales tax rate. Mm -hmm. so the reality is I can only choose to, to move this term by, you know, moving these other yellow boxes. Now, before we do go any further, though, on that. And, well, and to say the selling price doesn't change for that car, but the car may change. Right. We change the car. Exactly. So that's mm -hmm. why I think most dealers do not negotiate buy here, pay your pricing. I wouldn't recommend it. I think, um, you know, with, with in, in the typical mainstream buy here, payer, we always have to remember there are dealers out there who have matured in their operation to a point where they have the ability to negotiate pricing. They can negotiate term, you know, so, so that happens, but mm -hmm. by and large, most of the dealers that we work with do, are not in that situation. And, and it's really problematic to change pricing. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. once the price is set, the price is set. So we're at fourteen nine ninety five. So for a conversation today, I say we stay at fourteen nine. All right. Okay. And now, the um, we just have to work with the down payment, and we work with the payment amount to try to get that. Well, let's say I've worked with a customer all I can on down payment. That's all they've got. You know, there's nothing more. We can't mm -hmm. go any further on that. It is what it is. So that means we're financing roughly what thirteen five plus these add-ons. Mm -hmm. Right now. Mm -hmm. We just have to push the payment so I can try. Well, let's look at 500. Well, 500 took me down to 45 months. Maybe that's where I'm trying it's to. It's still keep. not 20% though. Oh, the income? Uh-huh. Yes, it's true. That's because I've loaded over here. This is, this is changeable. I mean, I can change whatever the, um, mm -hmm. this is. And you can see this one I've done, like it shows in green. And I know I need to shrink the screen down just a little bit, but it shows in green over there, mm -hmm. the, the payment ratio. When I change that, and I'll show you a little more. If I go 550, you can see that, that that number now, the payment is still within the ratio. It's green because it's still within that um, mm -hmm. that income. But if I drop this down, let's say you can see that the tar target income right there is 2750. Mm -hmm. 
So mm -hmm. if I drop this down to 2,500, then you can see, uh-oh, turns orange. You know, we're getting mm -hmm. into a little higher mm -hmm. ratio. And if I go down even further, see how much, oops, that goes, yeah. not 200 a month, yeah. uh, 2,000. Then you can see it turns red. Now we're in danger zone. We're pushing up to, and these were settings that the dealer can choose whatever the target's going to be. But basically, I'm just trying to be able to show the customer on the screen. And this is the part that I think is a variable for dealers. And this is what I recommend. And, and I've talked about this before, and I've had dealers kind of push back on this idea. I talk a lot about with used cars and mm -hmm. financing like this, reasonable life expectancy. And so we, I'm not going to go off into all that again, but I can just say that, you know, when you think about what is the life expectancy of this car? Mm -hmm. Well, that's the part that if I were the chief underwriter, if I'm the dealer or final decision maker on underwriting, that's the variable that I would mm -hmm. be leaving in. It's like, you know, going back to, back to our, you know, ninth grade math class is like, th there's variables you solve for X, right? And so mm -hmm. have this number, we can't change this. We have this number, we've done all we can. Obviously it helps the customer. And I, I love to approach customer and say, I can give you three reasons why putting more down payment is going to be beneficial to you. Okay. So we, we can go through that another time, but basically it's just like, why, why, if I've done all I can do, I've 1500 is all I'm going to have today. If I'm doing business today and I would suspect that we are, if the customer's, you know, prepared to buy a car, then we're going to move forward. But now I just have to experiment with this payment and keep it relative to their income. Now I could say, Oh, I'm trying to get to 36 months with every customer. We try to keep the financing to 36 months. Okay. Well, let's look at 600 a month. Okay. So that, that did it. it looks like more like 575 might get us there. Okay. So what happened? I just pushed the customer to a higher payment because I'm trying to fit it in the term that yeah. is my yeah. policy or my mm -hmm. practice. And so now I just push the customer up in term. And I would just say that, you know, well, yeah, we gotta, we gotta, um, you gotta be able to make it work to fit for the customer. And I would just say, you know, we got to be careful about this term thing. So, um, because what it does is it makes us push that payment up. And if we're not super watchful about our PTI, which again, all the experts say that's the heaviest predictor of success on these mm -hmm. contracts, we write, is going to be that ability, which is really PTI. So when we push the customer too high on PTI, shame on us. It's like, you know, this is back to mm -hmm. that thing about, you know, we, we sometimes make mistakes and, and when we didn't make the mistake, maybe by buying or pricing the car at 14.9, that's a whole separate conversation, separate show. It's like, but, but regardless, if the price is where it needs to be on that car, then we just are limited by these numbers. This we're negotiating with the customer. This we're negotiating with the customer. The down payment, the desired payment. Because yeah. uh, they don't really, the our customers are not really going to care how long because, you know, for no, whatever, they don't. Whatever reasons. And I think I can make the case that dealers would benefit mm -hmm. by learning to care less about that. And so I think what, and again, whole separate tangent mm -hmm. that I look forward yeah. to diving into. But my basis for that is really, why do I care if this customer has a more affordable payment uh -huh. back to 500? I'm still at 25%. Let's say I go to 475. That's 24%. It's a little above what they say is a good target, but we look at it. Their rent is low. We decide we can stand to 24% PTI. And so now I'm looking at 48 months on this contract. 
And I would say, you know, do I like a 48 month contract on something that is, let's say it's a 10 year old car with 130,000 miles. Do I like that? I think that's the decision that I need to be prepared as the mm -hmm. underwriter. I need to be prepared to make that decision in terms of where we end up. And uh, I see Tyler Simmons. Yeah. Hey, yeah. Tyler uh, um, chimed in really interesting approach. I hate old school Foursquare, but this modern version is actually pretty great. And as a dealer, you're being transparent that I think, thank you. That's, that's one of, that's a, that's a white hat way thing. Tyler's um, an operation does it. So that's, that's a, a nice uh, thing to hear from mm -hmm. you, Tyler, because I know Tyler's in an operation that does a pretty good amount of volume. He works with mm -hmm. a lot of customers in exactly this way. They're sitting at a screen doing it. Mm -hmm. And there's nothing here that I'm doing that the customer can't yeah. see. And, and look, most of us are visual. You know, I'm, I'm verifying that I'm not the only one. Our customers here. are going to be visual too. That's, yeah. And I think yeah. I can show them yeah. like, especially in color. And this to me is to show both. I can show the customer uh, when I get the color added here, imagine what that's going to look like whenever I can show the customer, you know, Hey, this, this contract link, that's a little long. And so, you know, obviously the car's got miles and we don't want to see a fail. So I can sit here and have this conversation with the customer. And that's why that turned orange because the contract link gets a little long, you know, this car's mm -hmm. got some miles and we don't want to mm -hmm. see the car fail before you get to the end of the notes. Yeah. So I'm, I'm on their side. Like I'm just trying to help. Let's, let's make it successful for everybody here. And so the other piece that we can probably just save for another day is this idea that, you know, if I did this deal with, instead of 1500 down, let's say that I'm going to do this with a thousand dollars down and dealers will say, gosh, that's, you know, they're, they're, I've got dealers, you know, averaging a lot of more risk on the road. Doesn't even cover my sales tax. Yeah. We've met dealers yes. who do 2,500 on average, you know, uh, certainly mm -hmm. two grand is a number people talk about pay, payment percentage of selling price, which I, I think is important. But at the end of the day, what I would really like to illustrate here is that if this customer came forward on a 14,995 car and let's just, let's keep their income under that 25%, which we're there now, we've got a customer who's got a $2,000 net income. And so we, we keep the payment there. And if I drop this down payment from 500 or from 1500 to a thousand, so roughly one car payment, then that pushed my term three months. So I think this is an important one. And this one we can dig into a little um, more later, mm -hmm. but because I think what, what, you know, in our conversation with Brent Carmichael on that event on the first, we, you know, I verified with him. I, I've always been able to say to our clients that down payment is the biggest influencer on volume. In my experience, Tyler, mm -hmm. if you're still listening, tell me if you feel differently, but when I can move the down payment and make the car more attainable, then I can get more customers in them and, and I will have more volume typically. So this is why this becomes important and why the term watching the term, because I could say, no, Jim, that's not enough down payment, right? That's not enough down payment. I can't make the math work. I have too much risk. So. So I would just say, okay, let's, let's go back to that one number, $1,500 down. You're going to wait for $1,500 down as an example. That means the car's not going to sell today, maybe. And now instead of, I'm looking at a four-year relationship with this customer. So that $1,500 down, and I, we're just picking numbers today. This, this numbers can be adjusted any, any way you wish. They can be, you know, we can adjust your own model. But when I move that down payment, by that amount. And I agree to approve the customer because 
all my other underwriting says this customer's well qualified, right? Mm -hmm. So yeah. all, all that's happening is they're a little short on down payment. So what's the big difference? I'm taking a 30 day risk. Now, if the customer never makes their first payment and they skip and they cancel their insurance and wreck it or run off to um, Hawaii, if they drove the car to Hawaii, <laughs> uh, so if they disappear, then you know that, um, th that what's going to happen is they're going to say, well, yeah, I wish I'd had another $500 down. It would yeah. have, it would have reduced my, my risk and my loss by $500. Absolutely true. But that's plain almost from scarcity. You know, that's like the customer is going to fail. Well, if the customer, if we expect the customer is going to succeed, then a thousand dollars down today, we're going to have the rest of that down payment in like 30 days. Yes. The payment's going to start. You know, it's an interesting thing. I, I squirrel just real quick yeah. kind of squirrel. Um, you know, we, when, when we're talking to new uh, clients and especially ones that we're putting into business and they're like, what should my X be? What should my this be? What should my this be? The first question that Jim usually asks is how do you want to be known by your customer? Mm -hmm. And I think that a question that should go right alongside is, do you want your customer to be, do you want our customers to be successful? Yeah. Because uh, you're, you're the dealer, our dealers are, we're in complete control of how we put together a deal. And, and, um, you know, cause it's, it's completely up to us. We're the bank. We have no parameters other than our own in essence, um, mm -hmm. unless you've got covenants and all of that right. through your lenders, but we're, we're the bank. And so do you want your, do you want your customer to be successful? Um, and it's, I, I wonder, and I think that you, you referred to this just a little bit earlier is um, there's not a lot of DMSs that are measuring uh, parts of this, like the income and, and all of that. And, and I would, it, it makes me wonder if, uh, if there are any dealers out there. Um, I know some of the clients that Maggie works with, you know, they verify the, the job and so the job time and all that kind of stuff. But if there are any dealers out there that consistently update and measure income and like their job, those kind of things, and that they have numbers that have tracked those kind of things, so highly interested to see that because if you could look at those things, um, then it's, it's gonna, it's quantifiable. It's, it's, you know, the numbers don't lie. Um, and yeah. so, uh, you know, to say that if we keep it at 20% versus 25% and we can measure at 20% consistently, this is how many people are successful at 25% consistently. This is how many, how, um, successful are, are, uh, our customers at 15% this is how successful the customer is. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, if, if it's a question to ask, if you, you know, if you could quantify that and you knew that if you kept it at 17 and a half percent of your income, because your success rate would go up three points, mm -hmm. four points, would you do it? Right. Yeah. So, yeah, I think this, the other part of this for me is um, just looking at, and by the way, you mentioned the thing about, um, how customers perceive it, you know, do they trust us, whatever. Um, I think what you could hear in me, and I've done a lot of these, you know, presentations mm -hmm. to customers. I created something we call the down payment worksheet, which is a little like a, a pre-app qualification sheet, kind of just does some calculations like this. And you just walk through it with the customer. And I, what the customer will hear from me is one, super flexible. 
I'm just, you know, we're trying to make it work. So, you know, the, what they're going to hear from me is a lot of flexibility and trying to make it fit. And if we, if we work through it and we work through it and at the end of the day, we can't get there, we can't get there, but it's not going to be for lack of trying to find a solution. Mm-hmm. And so what this tool does is help mm-hmm. me to work through that with the customer on the screen. They can see what I'm trying to do. They can see that when I only do, you know, 350 a month payment, yeah, this is why I can't do a three fifty a month payment. Just show them when we do three fifty a month because it's a hundred and one months. Right. Yeah. So you know, it's like you just show the customer that's going to turn red and start to flash. There's going to be smoke coming out of the computer. It's like it <laughs> work. so. Work. Are you are you going to make this available to our listeners? I would love to. I, there's some work to be done because I think a lot of these things, as you know, there's a little bit of a training thing because like, I just created this one yesterday. So there's mm-hmm. a little bit in order to create it, I almost have to create a, a training video to go along with it mm-hmm. because, you know, they'll they'll either break it. I have to be able to. Lock it, you know, <laughs> whatever, so so what I'm what I'm kind of hearing is if you're interested in getting um, access to this, just let us know. And, you know, we can we can figure that out from there because. Because it is, like Tyler said, um, very transparent. And and when you can like really play with the things and say, let's find the thing that works the best and, and educate your educator customers that here are the things that we're trying to make sure happen. We're trying to keep your percentage, your PTI percentage at a certain level. Right. And so, um, and you know, you're uh, with, yeah. And they, they can watch how just a little bit of massaging and e- even sometimes if you've got the thousand dollar down payment and if you did 1250 how that just it's just can you come up with an extra 250 dollars because that's just going to make everything work for down payment yeah or whatever yeah it is. yeah whatever yeah so yeah. I think it's just an example of um you know, and we can illustrate this and I'll just remind everybody before we wrap up that APR is set at 24%. So it's just an easy thing to be transparent, show the customer, here's what it is. And, um, and so you could even have that one kind of in gray or whatever. So people can see that. It, it also <laughs> allows you to show on something like this, they're doing a down payment and saying, um, your sales tax is more than what you're paying for down payment. Right. Yeah, you know, and, and just really, really. And so is, or even being able to say, Hey, would you be able to at least do enough down to cover your sales tax? You can, you definitely can. It was whatever. That's a technique in my mind. That's yeah. a training technique that we can use mm-hmm. to ask the customer for more, more down payment. But what I'm really suggesting is we're, we're going to ask for the customer for all the down payment commitment we get. Why? Because mm-hmm. it helps them. It gives them, it, does. It, it ultimately reduces their financing with the amount that they finance, which reduces their finance charges. It increases the chance of approval. I mean, they're just, you know, it, it can help to lower the payment. Mm-hmm. So I, I need, as a dealer, I know that I need down payment for me. So if I'm a salesperson, sales manager, dealer, I'm asking mm-hmm. the customer for more down payment because I know I need it for me, but I'm not, that's not, customer's not going to do it to help me. Yeah. Customers will do it to help themselves. So I'm going to give them reasons why here's why some more down payment would be yeah. helpful. Now, if you can't do more down payment, maybe we need to go look at something. Cause I know you, this, this payment is important to you. If we can go choose a car that's a little more affordable, maybe we can find something on the lot that's priced here and dealers don't have a lot of that kind of inventory anymore, frankly. But if, if you do, then, and if you could bump that payment a little bit, if you could get to there, then this is a little more workable deal. That's still pretty long. This 10-9 car has got more miles on it. That's part of why it's more affordable. So, you know, we still have a problem, but it's, it's a little more workable. It's still going to, but the reason I mm-hmm. think it's important if we, if we say nothing else here with dealers today is I would say, you know, the down payment, as we know, is not necessarily the predictor 
of success that we once believed it was. And so I think dealers need to be able to measure that themselves. Um, and then we would also say that, you know, by, mm -hmm. by, by being flexible in that part, you're going to potentially create more volume. And then now we just have a way to show the customer on the screen, you know, this, this is, this is what we're really kind of working against. We be for your sake and for ours, we need to try to keep this contract as short as possible. You don't want to end up, you know, still the car is getting some miles on it and you still owe a lot. We, we all want to avoid that situation. So it's mm -hmm. like, I'm, I'm on the customer side here. We're trying to work through this and find a solution. And so now if you could bump that payment to, let's say 390, you know, now it just shortens the term a little bit more. It's going to increase my chances of being able to get the financing approved for you today. You know, and that so, takes you exactly uh, to the 20%. <laughs> yeah. I'm just, I'm just playing with the numbers. And uh -huh. this is what the tool is really designed to do is be yeah. able to show, you know, how that would work, but yeah. it lets us do it on the fly. And I would say, you know, if you're a dealer listening to this and you say, man, I wish my DMS had this, reach out to them, share mm -hmm. this episode and tell them, yeah. I'd be happy to work with them to help, you know, create this thing. Cause I think every DMS ought to have this in a way that I could turn the screen around and show the customer mm -hmm. on the screen exactly what we're working with and kind of what the boundaries are so they can understand. I look, I'm, I'm happy to help you, but I think it also, it validates a little bit instead of me being, you know, some uh, crooked salesperson, mm -hmm. right? That's always the perception that I'm not trustworthy as a salesperson. So, so now when I can do this and it's like, th this is the math, the machine is doing the math mm -hmm. and this, this turned orange because this is outside our policy. It doesn't mean it never happens. It just, mm -hmm. now if it's probably not going to happen. Um, in closing, I because we we do need to wrap up. Uh, George asked the question: How do you respond to a community? Uh, the commonly recited axiom of down payment doesn't predict a successful loan. Um, <clears throat> we're just kind of sharing what the data suggests, and I would say there's some information out there. We've got some podcasts now uh, that we've recorded with, um, you know, we got uh, Naveen Batija from. Uh, uh, Neo has been on the Tote the Note podcast mm -hmm. with us before, and he kind of speaks to those things. We, I would say down payment is still very much a, it's a cash management matter. Like it's, it's, and yes, it's real cash exposure, but that's different. That's a different conversation. That's, that's, yes, you can say that getting more down payment is going to reduce your cash uh, exposure and is going to help you manage your cash in the business. But that's not the same thing as saying that it's uh, going to predict more success. And we meet a lot of dealers who still yeah. do that and they say, yeah. that. and I don't know if their data really supports that, or that just makes them feel better that a customer's got more commitment. But to say that is one thing and go to the data, go to the data and see if the data really supports that. And what I'm really suggesting is, there's just so many elements to this, Michelle. It's like, you know, we just kind of had a conversation on social media about this thing and it keeps coming up about the thing about, you know, length of loan and, and all these kind of things being a factor. I, I didn't finish saying, by the way, when we're showing the numbers that the reason I'm saying we should be flexible about the term of loan and, and you know, look at a deal that's 45 months with the expectation of customers not going to pay all the way to 45 months. Anyway, I'm going to trade them in at about yeah. 25, 30 months. That's a whole nother topic. So, yeah. so now it's just a question of getting them to a down payment of payment that mm -hmm. is workable. And then just watching the miles on the car and watching the customer's performance and expecting to trade them out. So this is why we, it's important for us to analyze that math mm -hmm. and see, you know, is that going to make sense? Because my expectation, this is again, why I think, I think when we're solving for X, the X should be the 
term of loan, that it should be, that's the, that's the thing that we should be setting out there as a, um, as a <laughs> I started that a little bit early. <laughs> so, yes. uh, yeah. Anyway, I just think that's the part that we, we have to be watchful about because the rest of these numbers, anything else means that we're either putting a customer in a car that's too expensive or yeah. we're, we're pressing them too hard on down payment and payment. Yeah. And that's a bad recipe. So Absolutely. anyway, there's so much more to talk about. I could yeah. stay here all day. I know you have to be someplace. But <laughs> I don't, but <laughs> no, um, all right. Well, uh, Wednesday, White Hat Wednesday. I think that Jim and I, I'll be, I'll be back home tomorrow night. So be yes. back in the home, home studio. Um, and uh, so, yeah, if, if, again, if there's any dealers out there that are collecting these these data points and have been doing it for a while so that they can actually track the full course of a loan. We would really love to get your insight and input on that. Absolutely. Good. So, and also um, we, we did put out the, uh, the thing uh, last Wednesday when we had Candace on is if you know of a fellow colleague dealer that is really just um, really connecting with their with their community with their customer and and are um are someone that that uh that we would want to do a tip of the hat for white hat way let us know um you know we would we would love to be able to hear their story we'd love to be able to try to get them on the show mm -hmm. and and to be able to talk about what it is that's been successful for them yeah absolutely that sounds great right. and so yeah we'll we'll do that i've got some ideas for white hat wednesday this week so uh, oh, tune in awesome. for that. So, yeah, yeah, so we'll, we got lots of stuff lined up. We need to get back and talk about the dealer right. panels too. So I think uh, we did put a poll quickly. Don't push the button yet. We okay. Did, uh, yeah, we did put <laughs> a poll out there. About which uh, if, if we were to start doing panels on the morning show, which would uh, folks most like to hear? And the the responses last I saw were overwhelmingly in favor of dealer panels. Yeah, overwhelmingly in favor of dealer panels. And it yeah. was interesting. Yeah. Some of the comments were like, "Yeah, if you're going to have vendors, no pitching." So, so I think we can yeah. we can bring some dealers together and talk about this particular yeah. topic. You know, yeah. I think it could be a good panel discussion about term of loan and and all that. There's there's so much. So I think yeah. uh, we'll we'll figure that out and figure out how to get some dealers together. Yeah, we've gone a little long today. Thanks, guys, for everyone for uh, hanging in there with us. And um, just from this conversation, there's a lot of other things that we can work on, on unpacking and uh, have some fun having a conversation about. Again, if you are interested in, in getting access or having Jim kind of show you through how to build your own tool, even, um, uh, let us know and we can yeah. do what we can do to help you. All right. Absolutely. All right. Have a great day, everybody. Thanks so much for joining yeah. us.